Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Go, Jerry. Dear listeners, we have a treat for you. We haven't interviewed anybody on this podcast since probably like our first several episodes because we kind of realized that we were, one, not good interviewers, but two, it's <laughs> really hard to find a guest that stands up to our quality. Uh, oh. Yes. They must be sophisticated, <laughs> snobbish, and have a sexy radio voice. We are <laughs> thrilled to have with us Mr. Dan Throat. Was it Throat? Throw? Throat. Throat. Dan Throat. Dan Throat. You should you should start your own you should start your own YouTube channel and call it Throat Punch Lunch. That's a good idea. Yeah, like that hasn't been stolen from Thoreau. Thoreau. That's Swiss French. Swiss French. Swiss. That's true. Yeah, Swiss nothing, French. Nothing but net Swiss. I think it's French Swiss. I don't know which way you would do. They it. make great watches. The Swiss. And they the, do. And the French make great bread. And when you put them together, you get a bread watch. If you end up eating too much bread, you <laughs> just, end up on Weight Watchers. <laughs> just, eat it. just eat your watch when I, you get hungry. I don't know if our audience, I'm sure most of our audience knows who you are, Dan. But Dan, why don't you tell our audience who you are? Not as a person, but as a board game media person. My name is Dan Thoreau. I uh, am a board game media person, I suppose. Enough said. <laughs> there, Content there creator. I write a site called Space Biff, and uh, my work appears in a few other places. Uh, I've written articles for Dicebreaker, uh, Ars Technica, some other places like that. Yes, you are the purveyor of SpaceBiff.com. I was going to ask that you about true. that. Where did you get the name Space Biff? Uh, it was a placeholder. When I first set up my site, I didn't know what it was going to be for. I just wanted to write more, and I uh, I like space outer space video games nice. and i figured that when a spaceship blows up another spaceship it's a space biff and so that was the uh that was the title of the site i never intended to uh stick with it but then by the time uh i got around to considering changing it it had already become searchable so mm. but so, stuck with it. if you look up space biff if you google that you you it's just you no there is no other space biff <laughs> you chose wisely yeah, I, d- I didn't want Meeple in it. <laughs> or board game. <laughs> or board game. No, no, you know, no offense to the no, board no. game stops. None taken. We're trying to get our uh, SEO numbers up. That's how we're all about. I thought it was based on like Calvin Hobbes, like Spaceman Spiff. I yeah, thought- Spaceman Spiff. A lot of people have thought that. Uh, and as much as I love Calvin and Hobbes, it was not originally. Okay. Or um, not, not Back to the Future related. No, I am not that Biff in space. You're not a butthead. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not a butthead. <laughs> okay, okay. That's, no, you you would call well, other people buttheads. Oh, I haven't watched that. Sometimes space butts. Or I, space or, you butts. Know, you, why don't you make like a leaf and shut up? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's the best. We need more power. No, one of the one of the reasons we wanted you on the show is that you Just are to talk about hoverboards. That and pl- and plus you're like the only. No, you are not like you are the only written media board game person that we like we acknowledge or that we even acknowledge like your website that does you you do your own i don't want to call them reviews it's like more of critiques almost 
of board games. I, I appreciate that you had an article even kind of differentiating between a review and a critique. The Gene Siskel of board gaming. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> uh, that you are the best writer of board game reviews. That sounds so niche. Like you, 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 in terms of that, that you're the best. You do the best written reviews in board gaming. Period. This is the part where we flatter you. Yes. I hope. So, I hope. <laughs> I'll, I'll be comfortable and I'll spill anything. <laughs> now tell us, where do you live, and what's your annual income? Uh, I make about eighty. I mean, uh, ah! now you're you're a historian, aren't you? Or you have I a degree am. in it? Uh, my training is in history. I I am not working as a historian right now. I took the year off to take care of my newborn daughter. Mm. Um, she is eight months old. And oh. a lot of work. Did, does she have it? Does she have a, she have a uh, historical name? Did you give her a cool name like Guinevere? Helen. We gave her. Uh, so both of my daughters have. Uh, they're named after video game characters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, close enough. <laughs> so uh, I guess there's some history. Kirby there. and Cortana. Cortana. <laughs> yeah, not Cortana. I've never played Halo. Um, oh, fun facts. But uh, our first daughter was named uh kate archer oh my god that is excellent that is yes i from uh wholeheartedly, no one lives forever wholeheartedly approve that game that is one Wh- what game i'm and lost no one lives forever never heard of it. have i it lost my nerd about cred? a female spy and what is it the 60s or 70s yes it's it's a mixture of like austin powers james bond type and it was awesome. Jerry's a PC gamer. I grew up with the yes. uh, consoles. Yes, yes. PC is the way to go, man. I know. Yes. KR Jerry's side. I oh never had a console God. really, uh, but I always built You've my own. Warm the cockles so. of my heart. How how old are you? I am thirty three. Oh, see, I'm 43. So, I'm and done. you lost okay. all your hair. <laughs> my hair is pretty much gone. <laughs> That's fine. Let's go bald. Shave that mess off. I'm if, thinking I have considered it. That, that that Picard looks coming back in. I, I was headed bald by the time I was 33. And the other child's name. Um, if you want so, to. No, we want it. <laughs> Kate Archer, we, uh, I'm so. On, online, we generally call her Borby. Borby. Um, that's not her name. <laughs> we did a poll of uh, my first daughter gave us some suggestions, and they were like heart and fire and Borby. So we did an online poll, and Borby won a plurality. Everybody agreed Borby. So we just generally call her Borby, but her name is Cassandra. Oh, okay. Well, you're lucky it wasn't Borby McBorby face. Yeah, it was almost Borby McBorby <laughs> face. Well, enough about your family. <laughs> your family don't have the sardonic writing style that we so enjoy, but maybe when they get older, they will. Uh when was it we we first came across his writing? I remember? can remember exactly almost to the date. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, it was goodness. a year ago in January where Mr. Dan Thoreau. A cold I winter's night. Yes. We had just played a game called Gen 7. Gen 7. Which oh, my goodness. I ranted and raved and was mad about and then took to the internet to try to find somebody who could in, <laughs> who could put into words my feelings about this game. And your article on Gen 7, which you entitled Gen Zero, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> which I ended up calling that na- the game that for the longest time, was posted. And I read this article, and I was telling Gabby, I said, this man right here, this the, he says the words 
that are that in my want that my that are in my brain. And in your review, you did something that I thought was just hilarious. If you like most people who just scroll down to the bottom of the page to look for the number rating or the final thought, you had one little paragraph that just was talking about how great Gen Seven was <laughs> and how awesome as a game was. And I was reading it, thinking, "What in the world's going on?" And then the paragraph above it was basically saying, "You know, if you're the type of person that just scrolls down to the bottom of the review to read <laughs> the final thoughts, I'm going to screw you over." A real prank. Yes, real prankster. Yes, that yes. Space so I thought, this this Dan guy, I like him. He's he's of the same ilk as I. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I re- I do recall writing that review. Uh, that was probably our least favorite game of last year. Wow, that was a question I was going to ask you. Least favorite game of last year. Mm, yes. What was your favorite game of last year, Dan? Oh, man. Uh, 2019? We don't even know ours, Jerry. I know, but I'm putting the pressure on Dan. That's part of being interviewed. Whatever Dan says, I want to copy him. You just put the pressure on the person being interviewed. So uh, I tend to be very bad at giving game recommendations, actually. So whenever people find out that I do this board game review thing, <laughs> they, they immediately ask, well, what's the best game? And I'm always going, uh, chess, I, it's been around a long time, I go, I don't know. Um, Monopoly. Checkers. Monopoly is fantastic. Uno. Uno is one of my most played games of all time. Um <laughs> From the ages six to seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was, uh, by the time I was 12, I had won thousands of games of Uno. <laughs> Do that wild card. And it'll get never, you every time. I have never played it. You have never. Uh, uh, wow. I've never played Uno. I, I've, I've never finished a game of Monopoly. I, I well, avoid, I avoid well, these games. Well, you're, you're doing well. Yes. He is a snob. Yes, He's a board a game snob. snob. <laughs> a true snob. So, um, so last year, my two favorite were probably um, the second edition of PAX Pamir. Ooh, oh. which I just, uh, the reprint Must came up on nice. Kickstarter. I just, uh, I just uh, went after that based on your recommendation. I think that's an excellent game. Um, I'm a big fan of Cole Worley. I think he does a lot of exciting stuff. And it's one of those few times where I feel like the second edition is warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, Cole I, Worley did that game, right? He did yeah. that in Root. So I was I, I searched your name under podcast and I found your podcast with Cole. And I listened to it. Oh, okay. I did as well. It's very nice. That's when you said you were uh, you were into the late antiquity of your history, right? That's true. Yeah, that's what my education is in, is in late antiquity. So what years would that cover exactly? Um, that is variable. Um, <laughs> is this anything old? Anything that's Does rusted? Does it involve Maximus Decimus Meridius? Like Rome? Yes, it's late antiquities, isn't it? Yeah, you can fit Rome in there. Um, yeah. You can, uh, but it's it's not antiquity. It's what happened is there was this historian named Peter Brown who recognized that in people's minds, there was antiquity, you know, ancient Rome, ancient Greece. And then there was the medieval age, but right. there was a there was a thousand years period <laughs> in between there that nobody really can you know thought about like yeah. as as though it was Rome and then That's when King Arthur came around and Lord, yeah exactly King Arthur <laughs> so uh, Peter Brown uh, was the historian who developed this idea foremost that we should maybe study this thousand years as an actual discrete period of history. So that's where my specialty is in talking a lot about Christianity taking over the world and things like that. So did you, do you teach history? Um, I do. And that's, I mean, not right now, as I said, I am taking the year off. What's your, what's your favorite time period? Um, Well, of all the time periods, I would have to say late antiquity. (laughs) <laughs> because I liked it enough to get. Well, no, to get a I mean, like, give me, give me a, give me a year. 
Give me 1491. Who, yeah. Who, who, oh, 1491. That's yeah, a good, pick. yeah. Who, who is just the, before old Chris came over? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> started colonizing. What is your favorite? Tell me a story, Dan. I want a story. I want something. 1491. 1491. Chris getting his gathering his goods. Get That's him. what they need to make. Just a game of Chris gathering his goods for the uh, voyage over. I, I would think that in 1491, my favorite thing is the bread and cheese revolt in North Holland. <laughs> is that North real? Holland bread and cheese revolt. So yeah, how that how that go down? There wasn't enough bread and cheese, and people just got mad. You know, I'm impressed that you understood exactly what it was about. Well, that's why I piece things together. Well, see, I am familiar with the Great Bread and Cheese Revolt of Panera Bread in uh, 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like having that idea that you can eat soup out of a bowl, that which is bread. It's one and the same. Where's it's my amazing bowl? the way his history is cyclical. This is <laughs> this eat it. <laughs> Your bowl is there, sir. You eat it. Whoa, mind blown. Uh, now you said there. So, were- how do you feel about the OMGs and the LOLs of the modern century? <laughs> as a writer, uh, I don't. I don't mind them. I don't employ them. But- <laughs> But they're, you know, I, I when, know what they mean. When I was uh, mess, I was messaging. So me and Jerry share the Twitter app, and I was messaging you, and I put something about theirs, and I put the wrong theirs. Oh, There's yeah. so many theirs. They're therefores. I, I wonder if I even read. And he just I, he, he didn't even notice, which mm-hmm. I'm very glad. So you're not like one of those people. Like when you spell your your you are, you don't get too enraged. My mother bought me a shirt. Uh, most of my clothes, my mother buys me actually. Mm, um, nice. She, that's just a habit. I, I went last year to buy some shorts for myself and I was very proud. Um, but my mother bought me a shirt that says grammar police and it shows a little policeman blowing a whistle that's shaped like a comma. So, so some people think I am, but I, I, I don't think I've ever actually corrected anyone's grammar, uh, all that significantly. So how did you go from history to writing? Um, written history. Yeah, they're they're very connected. Your diary? (laughs) Was it your personal diary? And my personal diary, I did keep a journal as a child. Very Um, nice. I did as well. Oh. oh. It had a lock and a key. And it mostly consisted of this morning, I ate breakfast, went to the playground, slid down the slide, watched TV, good night. That was literally my diary. (laughs) Today. I have it. You can look at it. There's not much depth to it. Uh, I think Dan's may have been a little more intense oh. in terms oh, of you the, think Dan's better I've diary writer than me. I've read Dan. Dan has his. There's a section on spacebiff.com. I'm sorry, https forward slash forward slash. Thank you. I want to make sure people can find it. Spacebiff.com. I like your book space where you kind of do this idea where you are recommending books to people of the board game ilk. I like that you kind of expand your. Matter of fact, that. Six Wakes by Murr Lafferty. I've got that on my list of a book I need to pick up and read. It looked interesting. And and okay, I, I mean I have to be honest. I haven't read all of Space Biff. You haven't read all of Space Biff? That's you, all right. <laughs> do you declare your favorite book? Um, my favorite book is um, by John Crowley. It is called Little Big. Little Big. What yes, little John? comma big. Is it about the big and little dipper? Or was it about? It is about a family across, I think, four generations uh, living in upstate New York or somewhere. 
and they have a history that is enmeshed with magic and fairies. Fairies. Nice. Fantasy. Yeah. Like getting across river fairies or like fairies as in the mythical. <laughs> the New York fairies. Yeah, like fairies. Green Child fairies. From, mythical oh, fairies. From Manhattan oh. to Staten Island. Staten Island. The Staten Island fairy. <laughs> I Staten, thought this was a boat. No, it's this guy out the there. The fairies who run the Staten Island fairy. I get it. My favorite book of all time is, and this is quite uh what's the word for modern day little women common cup like go dog go <laughs> no <laughs> oh you made me spill my scotch dad you made me laugh no uh timeline by michael Crichton. that's a is great my favorite book. book and it's historical oh, that's a good book yeah i like how merrick goes back in time but then the other dude paul walker goes back to paul walker <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there really a Paul Walker in that book? Well, there's a movie, the Paul Walker. The I've never, I've never seen the movie. Please You're not don't. missing it. You're not Please missing don't. anything. Watch the, read the book, and then watch the movie, and then pick apart the movie. It's the Fast and Furious of time travel. Oh no, it's fast. I, I remember uh, I listened to that book on tape on a on a camping trip. Oh, with my I love father. that. That that is my. F- I, I don't know why I've read it once. And I've declared it my number one book of all time because I just ran. I've read nearly all of Michael Crichton's books except for Andromeda Strain and Great Train Robbery. Andromeda Strain is really good. My favorite yeah. book is Slaughterhouse Five. It's a classic. Ooh. I love Slaughterhouse Five mainly because I, it was the first quote unquote classic book that I read that was so easy to read and yet. It was very. Who wrote that? Uh, uh, Vandegoot. 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 Kurt Vandegoot. <laughs> He's from up north. Vandegoot. Uh, he- I, I feel like all of your listeners at once, upon you announcing Slaughterhouse Five, ought to go, ooh. Ooh, <laughs> yes. fancy. Ooh, fancy. Well, no, it was just I a. I guess you think you're really something. I am something. <laughs> uh, plus, it was very meta. The, the whole idea of why he wrote that book and the frustration that he went through as a writer, it was just. It was the first book that I remember. It has to do with beef, right? <laughs> no. Cow rights activist. <laughs> Cow rights activist. It has to do. I'm part of the CIRA. With Billy Pilgrim being disconnected <laughs> in time and space. But yeah, it was just an, it was an amazing book. And one that I've, you know, after you read a book, sometimes going back to it and rereading it, there's there's only few that are worthwhile like you want to go back and each time you read it you find out something new about it i just forget sure and 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 slaughterhouse five is one of them well that means you're finding out something new every time every time every time (laughs) no matter what you read Uh, well yeah uh i've never read slaughterhouse five well you need to or court varnagood (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a space day it sounds like someone in star wars court vondagoot uh, now you mentioned that PAX Premier was your one of your favorite games. You said was there another oh, yeah. one? We discussed we games. Yeah. This is a board game podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Um, so that was my second favorite game of last mm. year. My first favorite was a very small card game named Air, Land, and Sea. I love you, Dan. I've been telling people this is a great game. Gobby doesn't like Air, Land, and Sea. No, I you thought, thought it was. It was I thought it was fine until you beat me. Yes. It's, <laughs> all right. So I have this weird obsession. Well, what's the game I prefer? Battle Line. I have the weird. Oh. I have a weird obsession with oh, Battle Line. Dan said, "Oh," in a disdainful well, manner. It's because he's like, "Oh, <laughs> it's okay, I understand." Oh. I, well, have, I thought we were permitted to be snobs. Like, yeah, so you have to. I have I have a weird obsession How with card dare you games. Go against the Reiner. 
that have like this aspect of counting cards or this whole back and forth. Have you played Watergate? Yes, you have. You reviewed yes. Watergate. Yes, um, I, I enjoy Watergate. I, I like that back and forth, push pull, tug of war type thing. Um, one of I the don't. one of the best two player games that we have praised on our podcast before in the past is and Gabby always Hanamakoji. Hanamakoji. I didn't even have to have to mention it. It's a two but player. It's a two player game because he always says it wrong. I always say it wrong, and it's it's basically the theme is kind of odd. You're trying to impress geishas. Have you played it? Oh, I have not played Hanamakoji. Have oh, you ever impressed good. a geisha? Um, I, I feel, I, I think the easiest way to answer with that would be to say that every geisha I've met has left impressed. <laughs> well, I think they that was changed the right, the, that was the the right answer. The half? Like, I think they changed something about the geishas. What do you mean? What about them? I don't know, because it's like, was, I don't, maybe I'm. I think you're forgetting. I don't know what you're talking I'm about. Maybe I'm just completely speaking But you have it. these geishas and you're giving them gifts and things that geishas need, like umbrellas and mandolins. Or is it mandolins or maybe it's you ukuleles? Have a mandolin. Or is it what's the difference between a mandolin and the ukulele? Sing somewhere over the rainbow without a ukulele. <laughs> but either way, as you're giving them gifts, you're trying to impress the most impressive geisha to your side and whoever has the most impressive geishas because you number them as you <laughs> naturally do. As you normally this do. This game is sounding strangely sexist maybe and Maybe that's why they re- rearranged it. It may have been. Like this geisha is a 4. <laughs> this geisha is a 9. <sighs> Oh, well, never mind. The ranking of people. That's always not good. Well, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. Dan's a 10 out of 10 in our book. Dan's a great writer. Oh, Dan is you. a great writer. Did we mention? Quick question. That Quick the, question. Go ahead, Jerry. Are you going to ask me a question? Or no. Dan? I think I'd be a poor geisha. I'm asking Dan. You would not be a great geisha. So, Dan, no. what, if any, board game podcasts do you listen to? Oh, um, so you, you found me out because I don't really listen to many podcasts. I know you didn't because you're a writer. That's the way to be. That's the way to be. You, you, uh, do you listen to any media? We don't either. We listen to ourselves. <laughs> well, uh, sporadically bored occasionally when they We're praise us. We're very narcissistic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I have listened to two of your episodes. Mm. Um, I wish you'd have addressed us because then I would have told you which specific two to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so sometimes I'll listen to uh, Charlie Thiel's um, Ding and Dent podcast, mm-hmm. um, maybe one in ten of them. Um, I often will listen to Tom Chick's Quarter to Three Board Games podcast. I've never um, heard of that one. And I think that might be it for board game related podcasts. Uh, okay. Okay. But you don't watch YouTube or any, you don't get your information from any other media. Uh, I don't watch much YouTube. No. Really? So you just, I'm, you, I'm feeling media illiterate. Well, I, I've, I had this theory about you that you were an isolated media type just because I think this is something that I, and one of the reasons why I like your website so much and your reviews you seem to be reviewing games and focusing on games that are not the hotness at the time. That's, yeah, that's that's something I consciously do. Um, sometimes when I get offers from companies that they want me to review something that's been reviewed a thousand times already, I'll just turn it down. Not necessarily. <laughs> How do you feel about Splendor? Um, it's great for great for kids. <laughs> great for kids. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, one of my good friends who plays a lot of games with us, his name is Jeff. He plays that with his nieces and nephews. 
and they're very good at it. I have nothing against Splendor. It's just not not what I like to play. What is your favorite game? My favorite game of all time. All times. Oh, let it be known that uh, Dan let Thoreau. Me, let me look around. AKA Dan Thoreau. Okay. Quick uh, next question while you're trying to figure out that question. How many games do you own? Oh, that's variable. Um, so these days I get most of my games as uh, review copies. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're striving for. Must be nice, Dan. <laughs> to be known. Dan Thoreau. <laughs> One day you too can <laughs> bask in the glow. If only we could write. <laughs> <laughs> if only we were taken seriously. Yes. If only we we're didn't. having you on to build our reputation. If only we didn't oh, okay. drink when we podcast. <laughs> what is this podcast brought to you by? Kilburn. <laughs> Kilburn's Ten finest Irish with single malt. Uh, Dan, are you? A, do you drink? Mm. Uh, I am teetotal. Oh, you're a good man. Teetotal. Tell you what, Very Dan. You, not only do you not drink, but you write. There's just a. There's just. There's that romanticism about somebody who just decides. Is that my choice? That you just decide you're not going to drink at all. Um. So I am. Uh. It's a religious thing. I am Mormon. Oh, okay. And so we don't no. tend to drink alcohol. Uh-huh. We love to talk about religion and politics. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's get into that. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Okay, very understandable. Um, I have had alcohol before. Oh, you've had anybody who has said that they have had alcohol, ribbing before alcohol, makes me well, you know. Or like, yeah, ni- or uh, I drank NyQuil? like a whole thing of isopropyl alcohol. <laughs> they accidentally alcohol. swallowed while they were mouthwashing. Yeah, I had a little. So your favorite game, your now. favorite game must be if you're a teetotaler, boot, <laughs> bootleggers. Bootleggers. No, I, I'm morally opposed. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <I'm morally opposed>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do anything in board games I'm morally opposed to. Oh, uh, that's a total lie. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, d- did you play Barrage? I have not played Barrage. You need no, to I play w- Barrage. Ooh, Barrage. Is I went good. to SaltCon just this past weekend and hey Dan, someone invited us what? to play Barrage and I didn't. Guess what, Dan? Barrage was me. sent to us as a review copy. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. I, that's oh. very impressive. It, it, is. Is. it is. I impressive. was very impressed. And it's from a it's from a French company. Jerry Bit. It's a ta- Oh, wait. Are they they're French. French? I think they're French. Or they're Swiss. Now, they're Swiss French. Now, there was an incomplete sentence there. Are you saying that Jerry begged? He begged I for a copy. Begged for this copy? Yes. And they're like, okay. Every day. I and I was email. I was like, okay, so when, when Cranio sent us a copy, I was like, Jerry, we're semi-legit. But we're not complete legit. We're not too legit to quit like Dan. No, I will quit. Dan, I will sell out in a heartbeat. Dan is like. You offer me enough money, I will give your game a positive review. We have no scruples. <laughs> Well, I I agree. It's just everyone has a different price. Yes, yeah. ours is barrage. We're cheap. We're cheap. So All tell right. me what what is barrage? Because okay, it, so it's about water. It is about I, water. About water they, trickling said, down from the dams. Dams. Yes. Okay. So there's because these, when they said barrage, I was picturing cannons or something. No, 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 no. Yes, no. that's what you would think as a. Uh, American, I guess. History yes. person. Oh, yes. Is it canon? As, a, as an American. A barrage of many cannons. cannons. Yes. But as Fodder. a but a barrage is about water coming down from the steampunk altered history Alps. Apparently and, barrage in French means damn. Mm, really? I don't know. 
if that's, that's correct, what someone wrote us. Well, that doesn't mean anything because our fans are not uh, as wordy as Dan. Uh, one of our <laughs> listeners sent that. Well, I'm just saying it's not, not necessarily true. I don't donate to Wikipedia. Just I, continue on. So there's these bridges. No, I'm sorry. There's these dams. And you collect the water and then funnel the water into your own power stations and you generate power. And that basically gives you victory points, completing contracts, etc., etc. One of the things about Barrage, there's two things that stand out about it. One, it's very violent in terms of its player interaction. You are purposely trying to interact with other players and steal their water. And two, you have this neat little wheel which indicates the time that it takes for you to commit resources and build an object. So you're putting these little wedges that are like the plans of what you're going to build and the required resources in this wheel and then slowly turning it. And you don't get those resources back till they make a complete rotation. Okay. And Barrage is a fantastic game. Unfortunately, the Kickstarter apparently had some really poor components. In French, Mm. it means dam, Mm. reservoir. So, what is your favorite game, Dan? We've asked you this, and we keep interrupting you. Um, it is. We love to I'm, hear. Our I'm own just voices. pausing for you to go off on a tangent. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I, I don't know if I have one. You don't have a favorite game. A favorite game. No. Okay, top five. No, just kidding. There, there's just so many. <laughs> what are some potentials? Uh, okay. Well, then, favorite genre: worker placement, area control. I could maybe tell you my favorite game in a genre. Okay, okay. Gord Head. Like, uh, let's see. Name a genre for me. Worker placement. Worker placement. Um, I would probably say worker placement. Oh, Neanderthal. That's just my gut. Oh, never heard of it. Very similar to Greenland. Iceland. Okay. So Greenland is, is, um, man, that, that's, that's a game that I wish I had. Uh, I, unfortunately I got that in a trade and I traded it off before ever really giving it a good chance. Um, is Neanderthal very similar to Greenland? Oh yes, very similar. Okay, I love that. I, I'm I, I am just now getting into, and I'm very jealous that you interviewed Cole Worley. Uh, I'm just now getting into Cole Worley games. Um, I have Does not. Does he do all the PAX games? No, not all of them. The, the Uckland's yeah, do. He's only done one. He's only done PAX Premier Two. What does PAX mean? PAX is like well, the historian answer because I'm about to give an incorrect. Go ahead, uh, Dan. Jerry's always wrong, so I'll let you answer. There's Pax Pax? Man and Pax Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Pax Man? Mrs. Pax? What does Pax mean? It means peace. Oh. Well, that's simple enough. Oh. Peace premiere. So it's like the best type of peace. So Pax East means peace in the East? Peace in the East. Mm. I think so. I think that might be right. That bears out. So derivative. So the PAX games, did you play, uh, I believe it was PAX Transhumanity? Yes, did, I have played a lot of PAX did Transhumanity. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I think it, I think it's quite good. Okay, in terms of PAX Premier and PAX Transhumanity, which one would you say? Rank your PAX. I can, I can do that. Six PAX. Two PAX. <laughs> Two PAX Shakur. I think I could probably do that. Let's see. Oh, snap. He's been to rank stuff. He's about to rank stuff. We didn't expect for you to rank rank stuff. And then I want you to give you a a board game ranking, like one to ten, how you felt about it. You put a lot of pressure on Dan. He's a guest. Now, I did read how you like, you kind of don't like to give games board game rankings. Yeah, but this is comparative. It's fine. I'll I'll play along. Okay, here's here's my, uh, here we go. You You can critique me. 
You can critique my critique. You we ready? can't because we haven't played any of them. I'll critique <laughs> everything. Go ahead. You haven't played any of these? Um, I would probably put the number one uh, personal favorite as PAX Renaissance. Really? Uh, my number two, I think, would be PAX Premier 2. Mm-hmm. Um, number three would be probably PAX Porphyriana, then PAX Premier 1, PAX Transhumanity, and then PAX Emancipation. So the PAX games from what I've seen, and I've not played any, and I'm I, Cole Worley's games and those PAX games by Uckland's, I, I have just not ever gotten into. that. They tend to be on the heavier side. Am I correct? You know, they, the, way, the way that Phil Eklund writes his rule books is a little like a crazy person explaining a conspiracy where it, it kind of goes off on tangents and it has all this weird terminology you don't understand. They're not as complicated as they seem, but, but you're right that they are heavier than most um, like mainstream midweight euros that a lot of people are into. Um, but if you, if you can find a good video, they're pretty, they're pretty easy to learn. Okay. So the PAX games now, we, th- those are just those, but in terms of like, is there a bidding game that you tr- particularly enjoy? I judge people by their bidding games. Playing an auction game. Oh, my other favorite worker placement, I, I should say is Argent, the consortium. Have you played I that? I have not gotten to play that. <laughs> that I've never heard of any of these games that y'all are talking about. Well, it's because you're, I know you, I, I, look, the I, look, I know you sit at your job and you browse board game geek. I and do not. Deep I know into Argent the, of the, the consortium. of board gaming. Now that's kind of like the, um, it's got some really psychedelic arc. That's kind of like somewhat, Star Wars, the Force slash science type thing going on, right? I don't think so. What is it? <laughs> He's like, is? nope. What am I thinking? <laughs> what am I thinking, thinking of then? I was, uh, the Star Wars Destiny. <laughs> no, it's not it. <laughs> it's I'm, uh, I'm thinking of. Oh, I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, have you played Star Wars Destiny, Dan? I have not. It's really good. Dan, Dan is really? a true snob. He doesn't play anything. Dan, mainstream. you are a snob. I'm a bit of a snob. Your games, like, even the games you review, I'm like, I've never heard of some of these. Biogenesis? Uh, not Biogenesis. What was but the I, other I, one? Uh, I, the game of, I read your, okay, my my memory's terrible, but you did, like, a review of, like, certain alien games, and it was Nemesis and, like, one other. But you came out on oh, top uh, of the Nemesis. Life form? Yes, 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 yes. But you came out on top of the Nemesis. I did. We really want to play Nemesis, but uh, we I listen to other stuff. Jerry listened to several other stuff every now and then. But like Nemesis seems complicated. Is it? Is it very fiddly? Um, it's not. It's not actually very complicated. Um, one of the criticisms that I've heard of it from people who have played it many times is that it's a little bit railroady. Like the, uh, it, it tends to tell kind of the same story. Mm. That was actually one of my complaints with with life form is I felt like it was always pretty much exactly the same story. That hasn't been my experience with nemesis, but it's not that complicated. Um, the rule book makes it seem a little crazier than it is. It does one of those things where like every type of room that you can find does a different action. And it explains those in the, in a really weird way where it, instead of just saying like interface with room as an action and then offloading it elsewhere. But it, nemesis was like exciting, more exciting for you. Yes. Give you more of the alien feel. It did. And I, you know, I think there's a good argument to be made that life form is more alien and nemesis is more aliens. 
I've seen some people mention that and I, I, I could buy that. Yeah. It, it, it did more for me with the idea of being a little claustrophobic. You're bare, you're feeling paranoid. You don't know who's on your side and who's not. Very nice. Very nice. So, uh, as far as let's go to movies. Okay. What is your favorite genre movie and does it relate to your like, you know, love of history or do you like Blade Runner as opposed to <laughs> late antiquity? Oh man, I, that's a hard question. I I like all sorts of movies. Uh, the new Blade Runner was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Twenty forty nine. Oh yeah, I so they're supposed to make a sequel, game. even though this one lost money. Did it really? That's what they said. Oh, that's too bad. Um, I remember we went opening week, and it was it was me and Jeff and like four other people in the theater. So I'm not surprised. Uh, no, but my favorite movie this year was probably uh, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, snap. Historical, That's... but also it's very uh, funny. I love that movie. I just watched that. Have you, have you heard of Sporadically Bored? No. Mm, they're a British podcast, but they no, really like a, you. They're not a British podcast. Yeah, they're podcast. half British. There's another Dan named Dan Hughes. Dan Hughes. And he really oh, likes okay. you because he's bald and y'all have the same name. <laughs> he was on This Game is Broken. That's another in the board gaming podcast world. It's a famous podcast. Okay. But sporadically bored. Uh, me and Jerry, were that we did our first interview. We're breaking into the big time. So they yeah, were very famous. <laughs> they interviewed us. And uh, it was sporadically bored. It's Mike Delizio, who was on the Dice Tower. Perhaps you've heard of them. He replaced Sam Healy. Oh, okay. No, I have. I hadn't heard of him. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard of him or the Dice Tower. What is the Dice Tower? I'm telling you. What uh, is the Dice Tower? Dan is going oh, after. I know what the Dice no, Tower is. Oh. I, I haven't heard of him. I haven't watched the Dice Tower for years. I, I haven't either. Mean, nor should you. I mean, they're no. really they're really kind of. Well, uh, Dan made a good point, and this was the point Dan Hughes of Sporadically Bored made, as he was on We're Not Wizards. I listen. I listen to lots of podcasts because I'm a truck driver, therefore I have 12 to 14 hours on the road in which I have nothing to listen to, so I need to listen sure. to podcasts. Uh, he was saying the longer you're into board gaming, like Dice Tower, like that's a good podcast to listen to when you're first starting into board gaming because oh, they absolutely. just they they just start naming off all the stuff and tell their opinions of it, and you might be interested. Whereas the longer you're in board gaming, you know what you like, and once upon you know what you like, then you're kind of like searching for people with similar taste, and then like sporadically bored, like the first hour of their podcast, they just talk about their lives <laughs> okay and so like me and jerry it's very off-putting <laughs> me and jerry <laughs> we just i don't if you you just had to listen to, we just talk about random things and then we'll discuss a board game but we're funny in between in between in between <laughs> but uh where was i going i don't know start I'm excited to see the destination. <laughs> I, I think I asked you about movies. You did. What's your favorite movie, Dan? I think I did. I've lost control. I don't know where I'm at. I think, weren't we talking about Jojo Rabbit? Did he say jo something about yes, Jojo Rabbit? Yes, that's it. So on that's about Nazis. So on Sporadically Bored, they, ask, they have a section of their podcast where they say, well, uh, what have y'all... What have you enjoyed lately that's not board game related? And I had just watched Jojo Rabbit, and I sang the praises of Jojo Rabbit. And Jerry rolled his eyes, but have you seen Jojo Rabbit? I haven't. 
Okay. Well, you need to watch it. No, I'll watch it. Uh, uh, my favorite movie of all time, yet to be replaced, maybe in the late antiquity period. Little Women. But it also, but it's also <laughs> related to Rome. Gladiator. Gladiator. Yes. You just is like, it really? He just likes I, it because of the soundtrack. Uh, that is true. I love the soundtrack, but I love Gladiator. Wow. How does that make That's you feel? That's Dan's favorite movie, too. That's, um... <clears throat> oh, Dan. Dan like, he, he, probably, he probably hates it because it's completely <laughs> uh, inaccurate. It's uh, completely inaccurate? Let's see, how can you, I... How can you I were I not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> I was not entertained. Oh, no! <laughs> Dan, what's All your right, favorite? Well, that's going to conclude this interview. <laughs> Dan, what's your favorite movie, and why don't you like no, I, Gladiator? Yeah, why, 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 go ahead, please. I'm open to criticisms. Uh, I think it's great for children. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> I was a child mentally when I, I watched I'm teasing. it. It's, it's fine. It has some good action sequences. Russell Crowe's a dish. Mm. Um, I, it, it, it is, it's, just, it's, too, it's over the line. Of accuracy for me. Oh, as in uh, so, as in regards to what you know, pick a scene, pick a costume, <laughs> pick, pick anything, <laughs> literally, like literally anything. <laughs> so, so one one way that I heard it uh, expressed by someone who I don't remember who this was by, but someone who does a, a film critic who kind of has a, the historical angle expressed it as it would be like if in a thousand years we watched a movie about the American Revolution. And it had Abraham Lincoln and George Washington on Bunker Hill with <laughs> F-16s killing the Vietnamese. Well, that's... Uh, that would be freaking awesome. <laughs> okay, so, so your, by your reaction, I can tell we have slightly different uh, criteria. <laughs> when it comes to uh, Gobby's favorite. Well, my number two movie of all time is Tron, so... <laughs> And Fast, <laughs> the Fast and the Furious series is his favorite. Hey, hey, so if I was here, gonna, brother. If I was going to watch a historic, one of my favorite, and I know it's not necessarily historically accurate. I mean, it's close, but I'm a. Uh, my father was in the military, and so all these military movies. I like Zulu and that era of of. I have that app. I watch lots of shows on it. Zulu. So I haven't Hulu. seen Zulu. Oh. Uh, it's an interesting tale about uh, a battle that took place between, of course, the British and the Zulu nation at the time, the British invading Africa, and then, of course, there being a a great pushback by the Zulu people, and the Zulu people and their history is, is very interesting as a tribe. But of a particular battle is Lawana, where the, basically, a hundred... British soldiers engaged in combat with about four thousand Zulu warriors, and it was so that's so like Rourke's Drift. Rourke's Drift. That's it. That's exactly it. Okay. It's Rourke's Drift, and it, it's it's one of those movies and times. Listen to y'all talking history to each other. Uh, it, it was it, it it was just one of those battles. That's my version of talking dirty. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> if it's not John Wayne as Davy Crockett, I'm out. Let's talk about the Battle of Hastings next. Um, no, it was uh, yeah. Hey, they sold lots of good magazines and videos. We're not talking about the store. Oh, okay. The movie rental place. Uh, man, that place has been out of business for years. It has, and I miss it. I did karaoke there many a time. <laughs> But uh, yeah, isn't that the movie with Michael Caine? Yes, it was. It, it was okay. Michael Caine's first movie. Was it really? Yes. Okay, so I still I haven't seen it, but I I have heard of it, and it oh, it's something I should probably see. It is amazing. If if you were going to recommend a movie that was historically accurate, 
it's like one of those movies that you watch and you're just pleased with the research. Glory. The, yeah. Well, that's a good one. Oh. But I don't know if that's a sort I've seen thing. Glory. Dan, what do you think about Glory? You like that one? Yeah. I love But Glory. Dan, if you were going to recommend a movie, what would it Ferris be? Ferris Bueller was great in it. <laughs> <laughs> Strange, Is that the right movie? Yes, strangely, movie. strangely miscast. Okay. And Robin Hood in the tights. They're both in it. No, that was, that was <laughs> back It was a Carrie. weird casting choice, but I, I liked Glory. I was surprised. Okay, so Glory was one of my mother's favorite movies of all time. Really? And I'm a mama's boy. James Horner, I bought the soundtrack. Oh, James Horner soundtrack. And I awesome. would play that rascal as I <laughs> went onto the football field. You didn't go on no football and field. Played you were the towel boy. Tag team football. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be very athletic when I was young. Nowadays, not so much. Do you ever play dodgeball, Dan? <laughs> I have played dodgeball. I, I haven't for decades. Nor should you. <laughs> it's uh, a brutal sport of... I'm too easy of, an, of a target. Yeah. Dan, a historical movie. Don't let Gobby interrupt you. Historical movie. What I'll would cut you myself recommend? off. What would you recommend? Oh, a historical movie. Spartacus. I love Spartacus. The, the TV series or the film? The film. The film. Kirk okay. Douglas. Have you seen the TV series? I have not. No, sir. Okay. I know the game's getting a reprint. Oh, is it really? Yes. It's a good game. Um, the TV series is indeed a trashy delight. A tra- <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell my parents. A trashy delight. I'm going to use uh, that. As uh, is Fast and Furious. How do you feel about Fast and Furious? It's Dan? not trashy. Uh, I, I like the recent Fast and Furious. Thank movies. you very much. Look, look there. Now I've gained some points, Jerry. Um, I, I like how nowadays they're more James Bond than James Bond. Yes. <laughs> Which has been pushed back, unfortunately. Oh, has it really? Yeah. Due to was the Corona. This month? Yes. Yeah, it oh, was due to Corona. To- at first, I heard like due to corruption, <laughs> due to, due wow. to Corona. Uh, Quiet Place Two, like all the movie releases, are being pushed back due to the virus. Well, I guess that makes sense. It's unfortunate. A big place in history, this virus. What's your favorite historical game? Do you play historical games like Oof. from Academy? Does GMT? he? Play, are you kidding? Like that's he plays. Yes, I know, but just because it's packs, I'm talking about. In terms of like actual time okay, piece okay. Well, games. okay. Well, let me ask you a, a, a real question. Are you asking Dan? me a question? No, I'm asking Dan. Dan. I just a, asked Dan a question. Let Dan answer my question. Dan, I'm going to ask you a real <laughs> question. Okay. Okay. Me and Jerry, by the time this comes out, the, our podcast will already be out about colonialism. Okay. And the impact it has on gaming and how people feel about gaming. Okay. I used to love viticulture. Well, I still love viticulture. It's a great solo. It's a great worker placement. You play viticulture, right? I have not. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he has not. What, Dan? But I, I not not out of any prejudice. <laughs> he doesn't like grapes. Okay, or Jamie. <laughs> Jaime. I like Jamie plenty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so viticulture. Like viticulture was my number one for a long time. But remember, I, a teetotal. Huh. A teetotaler. Oh, that's right. He can't be making wine. My apologies. My apologies, sir. So uh, after this, I was like, that's a straight worker placement. You're fulfilling orders. You know, you're doing all the stuff. But upon uh, many, many plays, I'm like, okay, I've explored all the areas I can with viticulture. I'm kind of done with it. Yeah. Now I've moved on to 
Empires Age of Discovery. Um, so is that the uh, that's the remake of Age of Empires three, isn't it? Correct. Yes, sir. Yes, I have played Empires Age of Discovery. I love that game. I love yeah, it's a good game. The worker placement, the right side of the board, the way it takes place. You go from top to bottom. Yeah. And depending on that order, it can mess you up if you have not prepared carefully. But what I have learned recently is that is a colonialism game. What, what is it that brought you to that awareness? Was it all the colonialism? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably in the theme of the game, in the uh, writing of the game. I never read the book. I just started playing the game. <laughs> And uh, so then we're playing this game. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go over here. I'm taking this conquistador. He's going to conquer your natives. Yeah. That is the theme of this game. Are you asking Dan how he feels about colonialism? How does he, how do you feel about Empire's Age of Discovery? Oh. Um, you know, I, I really liked it as a game. I remember feeling quite favorably about it. It is my, I, it has become my new number one. Okay. But upon Alexander Fister releasing Maracaibo, and there's like lots of backlash against Mark Hybo because of its theme. Sure. I, I think I've seen some whispers of that. <laughs> I, I, I am I I question my choices in this being my new number one theme versus mechanics. Your 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 thoughts go. <laughs> so first of all, I'm a little interested in why you why you pitch it that way, theme versus mechanics. Um, so I I think that's a false dichotomy. Um, one of the things I, I think that game does very well, actually, is the way that it merges its theme and its mechanisms. It's it, it's a it's just a beautiful game in terms of. Um, I was hoping you'd I, say that. Were you just hoping I would talk about colonialism? I was hoping you would talk about this. Yes. Okay. Well, I can just talk about colonialism okay, and not what I think of the game. Go ahead. Um, so I I haven't played that game in so long that I I don't know if I really remember the colonial aspect. Like how much does it represent? So do you flip over like tiles for the natives? Pretty much, yeah. You flip over yeah. tiles. If you go okay. to if you go to if you go over to the new world, you flip over tiles. If you have enough uh, members from your team to defeat the natives, you win. Okay. And if you have soldiers, you get money. If you have poachers, soldiers, soldiers, oh soldiers, <laughs> oh poachers, <laughs> bringing back beaver pelts or something. Um, <laughs> We like those, those beaver pelts. The ivory tusk off them beavers. <laughs> You're thinking um, of elephants. <laughs> colonialism is something I think a lot about in uh, in board games. There's some, especially, I, I think it should be celebrated when a board game handles colonialism well. Really? Um, especially in the sense that it handles it a little bit more critically. So I'm trying to think of which game it was. I think it's called Endeavor. Have mm-hmm. you heard of Endeavor? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Age of Sail? Yeah. Yeah, where what Ende- what Endeavor does is one of its resources is is basically just human resource, and it act- it actively has a slavery deck mm-hmm. that you can draw from to get upgrades. But but it does something interesting where the th- there is a little bit of pushback. The slavery deck, for instance, near the bottom of it, if you ever reach it, um, you can emancipate the slaves, and when when that happens. Any of the cards that you have used that are slavery cards are not only removed, which is a penalty, um, but you also, they're worth negative points at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really love that it does that uh, just in the sense that 
it, it you know, there's a great argument to be made that a particular European country uh, only emancipated slaves after they had benefited from slavery. And a major factor behind emancipation was to prevent other countries from being able to catch up. So, so details like that, I, I love it when games are critical, that they actually examine colonialism. Games that are just, colonialism is awesome, I tend to be a little wary of. Um, but I, I, didn't, I tend to not be in the camp that um, if you enjoy a game, I think it's fine for you to enjoy that game. Even if the game has some cheesecake in it, you know, I know there's a lot of people who would be critical of any game where there's um, maybe scantily clad people. I tend to be okay with, you can enjoy what you like enjoying. You don't need to necessarily feel guilty about it. But I personally, I do appreciate it when games are critical of their subject matter and when they investigate them a little more in depth than, you know, I don't know why it is that German Euro games for so long were basically just colonialism games. And that's kind of the same way I feel about it, is that you're enjoying something in the privacy of your own home, that there may be some themes that may be troublesome to some, but at the same time, it's kind of a, um, you're, you're looking at exactly what, what the, the designer's trying to do with that game. And I agree with you with Endeavor. I thought Endeavor was a great game, and I did like how they enjoyed that. Uh, I did enjoy how they handled that type of, of human resources, as you put it, in, in connection with the slavery deck and how that was brought out and how it was really every time we have played that game, that's what we've experienced. If anybody started taking those cards, everybody didn't drove to end slavery. <laughs> it's like, well, this has become awkward. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was. It was <laughs> How, have you played Mombasa? Um, I have not. Oh well, that's a. That'd be interesting. Uh, interested to see your take on that. We like the mecha- mechanisms of Mombasa, <laughs> but it's it's but very it's, it's, it's a very colonialism game by Alexander Fister, and Mark Ibo has been getting a lot of pushback from like <clears throat> no pun included, shut up and sit down people you've never heard of. Uh, yeah, who are they? <laughs> who are they? <laughs> I, I, I love. I, I I follow both of them a little bit. Was it last year that GMT was going to release a game called? race for Africa mm-hmm. and um, it was pulled because it, when people were looking into it, it didn't seem, it just seemed to be glorifying colonizing Africa and there didn't seem to be much introspection there. Right. I think that's important. And with, with these board games to have some introspection to have, for people to understand what was taking place and for it not to be glorifying the act and not this to be openly offensive to people. But uh, Yeah. And you know, there are multiple schools of thought in terms of, how should we handle the past? And um, so I, if, if we separated them into two broad camps, there's, there's sort of the camp that wants to repair history, you know, that you, you shouldn't do anything that might be considered offensive from history. And then there's the camp that this is where I fall pretty significantly that they would rather understand history. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to prefer historical games that have warts and all, um, as long as it's actually trying to examine the issue, even if it's an incomplete examination, I think it tends to be a little more beneficial than harmful. Now, if, if it's a game that doesn't examine history at all, if it's just race for Africa, how fun, um, <laughs> then, I, then I'm a little, well, it's maybe yeah. not something I would appreciate personally. Um, the Splendor is your number one game. I oh, wow, is that what I'm going to be quoting on? <laughs> we we look for sound bites only. <laughs> Just take a few gems. <laughs> <laughs>
Take a few cards. You're good to go. No worries. Uh, exactly. Well, yeah, and but, I, I mean that's that's where I fall. Is is I I as a historian, I tend to want to understand history more than I want to repair it. I don't I don't think there's any repairing history. Um, yeah, it's sexist. It's racist. History is ugly. Um, and actually, I, I tend to feel the more we investigate that, the more it helps us understand political moments we inhabit now, or uh, why we're prejudiced against people. Um, I think that understanding history in a granular way and an accurate way actually helps repair now, um, which I feel is way more important than repairing, you know, the 14th century. <laughs> it It's dead. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't require our remediation. We want to fix now. We want to be better now. So that's where I tend to fall. Um, there are people who feel very strongly in the other direction, though. I tend to agree with you, Dan. I think that there is a uh, there's something to be said about just examining history as a whole and not not trying to make it seem so sugar coated. Yeah. Not trying to make something out to be what it wasn't. Yeah. So I remember. Um, so no pun included. They did a video review of Pax Premier Second Edition, and for instance, I think they took umbrage at a couple of the cards. Like there's a, a slave market, for instance, is one of the cards, and, and I, I feel like they're well intentioned. I think they're very talented critics, but to me, that's a little bit of the wrong direction to go with it. Just because this is a game about difficult <laughs> cultural dynamics, clearly the game is being critical of its history. You know, it's examining how do you behave as an occupied people when three empires are fighting over your country. So I feel like something like slavery in a game like that is, is a fair inclusion, even if it's a bit uncomfortable, uh, as long as it's historically accurate, um, especially because the game doesn't necessarily, it's clearly not celebrating or reveling in that sort of thing. It's just, it's, it's one of many, possible behaviors along with wiping out tribes people. And I think that you do a disservice if you exclude something of that nature from the game. It, it, it was obviously a historical, and if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly, Pax Premier was like 1840s era Afghanistan. Right. Okay. Uh, 1820s. Yeah, 1820s, 1840s. It was a, and so when you exclude something like that, you're doing a disservice, in my opinion. And I, but the, the deal is, is I tend to delineate between those two types of games. There are games which I play solely for the mechanics and the enjoyment, and I don't care about the history. Like it's, it's an abstract game, or it's a game that's that the theme is this space futuristic, whatever. But there are other games for which I play, such as I think of like with the 18, is it 878 Vikings or things of that nature. Games sure. that, are, that are obviously historical in nature, that this game is presenting itself to be about history. It should obtain, it should try to obtain everything about that history, historical period. And if that included slavery or something of that nature that is troublesome, then I think it's kind of disservice just to leave it out or to gloss over it. Right. And I, I personally agree. To me, that's one of the big differences between Endeavor and um, Age of Discovery, for instance, is that Endeavor takes pains to acknowledge and write uh, human atrocity into its game systems. And it's, a, it's abstracted. Um, you're viewing it from this very remote 
remove, you know, almost as though you're a colonial authority back home who doesn't really have to deal with it. But then in, in the one that's Age of Empires 3 remake, what is, what is its name again? Uh, eight, Discovery, Age of Empires. Right. Um, Empires, Age like, of Discovery. Right. In that one, it's, it's pretty much just absent. Like a, a, a constant criticism that recurs with something like Settlers of Catan even is, well, where are the natives? And they're written out entirely. And that's in part to make it a palatable, fun game about trading and sheep and wood and, and building roads and cities. But the criticism of that is actually that those elements are absent and entirely unexamined. So to me, it, it does create a little bit of a double standard when we look at a game and criticize it for actually bothering to include mm-hmm. uh, those elements. You know, it, it, it feels a little bit like you're going to be criticized either way. So you might as well include it and try to try to do your diligence in, in my in my way of make, thinking. Dan, you're you're far too informed and smart to be on this podcast. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> This is the best thing I've done all week. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's 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 another. So, how do you feel about terraforming Mars? <laughs> the indigenous um, Martians. I'm really upset that it excluded the Martians. <laughs> really, and I mean, and it's not. It's 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 not flat. Back, 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 back. <laughs> talking about the attack of Mars. That's terrible. What they did to Jack Nicholson. Dan, your podcast that you're going to start up sometime later this year. We're plugging it, obviously, because we enjoy oh, you and, you. and your. Uh, and so, do you intend to? It's just going to be you, right? That's that's all up in the air at this point. I, I'm kind of thinking it might be me and just interview subjects. I've considered co-hosts, but we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta get you a good co-host. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Don't just go with the first person you play games with. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a mistake. <laughs> Bought it together. Sometimes that works out. That you are playing Russian roulette with your with your uh, podcast. If you do that, it just happens to work for us. So your uh, interviews and things of that nature. If you were to interview one person in the industry today, who would it be? Besides me, of course. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, hi, Gaby. Who? Uh, Gabrielle. Oh, oh, yes. Thank you very much. Yes, like him. You're welcome. I, I would interview. Him. I would influence your Fast and Furious <laughs> listeners, uh, followers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's a good question. Is there a designer? It, well, basically, is there an, a designer out there right now that you think is making waves? Well, like, what interests you? Like you, you like I, I would. Like I, as a layperson, hold you as a person that's like got this college degree. You're a historian. Like I, I view you as someone smarter than me. Oh, that's probably not true. <laughs> so, is is someone in your position? Like, where would you go from there? Like in your interviews or whatever you would do in your podcast. Um, so I have a, I have a lineup of people, some of whom I've talked to already and scheduled, um, times to sit down and interview them. I'm trying to think if there's anyone that is just like a, if they're almost like a grail game, mm-hmm. someone that I couldn't get normally. Did you play city of big shoulders? I have not. Oh, oh, Dan. Well, that's an economic game. Do you like economic games? Yeah. Okay. That's What's a- your favorite economic game? My favorite economic game. We have two. Um, I can name them both. <laughs> no, we don't. Go ahead. 
Name name both of them, and I'll say one of them. A stockpile, city big shoulders. The Ponzi scheme is Ponzi economic. Scheme. It's a great economic game, and stockpile is one of my favorites, and it's back in print right now. Those are I three. No, I would have to think about that. Those are one. three that are technically on our brass is kind of economic brass. in terms of it. Yeah, I, I I do enjoy brass. Yokohama. Yokohama. I wouldn't call it economic. I don't know. It might be. Yeah, it's economic. Okay, I'll give you that. I have to pass on this one until I think about it more. There's okay. just too many. Okay. There's just too many economic games out there. Uh, 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 the Cranio game. Do you play lots of the Cranio games like Marco Polo, Lorenzo? I do not. Okay. I haven't played either of those. Really? Um, I've wanted to try Marco Polo. I'm telling you what, Dan is just so retro. He's he just is. so. <laughs> he just does his own thing. He blazes his own retro. trail. <laughs> Dan is not. The Dan is the path less traveled. The Godfather, Corleone's Empire. Is that the one from uh, Cool Mini or Not? Yes. yes. He doesn't buy I anything have- from Cool Mini or Not. That's just too mainstream. I have played that one. Dan, he's, from, he's from hipster miniature. What is hipster? <laughs> Dan, what is your hidden gem? What is the game that nobody is playing that you just tell love? us something to buy? Tell because me something. I have I have the need to buy things other people recommend to me. <laughs> I've already got Pax Premier because of him. You've is it started. So, so you want something recent or anything? You, you just you just throw it out there. We Dan. just want a gem from. From Dan, from Dan's, our favorite writer, Dan's gems, Dan's gems, Dan's family jewels. So <laughs> we'll call this part of the segment. We're gonna have you on occasionally, Dan's family jewels. Well, <laughs> uh, um, if I went with an old game, one of my favorite games of all time, that plenty of people know about it, but it's hard to get a copy, is Cave Evil. Cave Evil. <laughs> bitches' names I've never, never heard, heard of. of this. Cave Evil. Okay. What do you do about this? Who makes it? Um, it is it is published by Emperors of Eternal Evil. Okay. <laughs> okay. So and, the dice uh, tower it's makes it. Nathan Hayden, and what it is is it's it's very much like a black metal uh, kind of Satan worshiping game. I guess I don't know where it's in a it's in a mountain of corpses, and you are a necromancer. And you are digging through the corpses and bringing some of them back to life to try to kill the other necromancers for good. So you can be the best necromancer. So this is, this is, uh, I love this reaction. This is kind of like, uh, <laughs> kind of like friends, I guess. <laughs> it's a little bit like friends. Okay. Wow. Dan, you went dark. Okay. Okay. Man, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of cave people were cults. Living dugout cities for their dead necropolises deep. A necropolisis, it's like a dead city. That Dan, that the that scares me just on BGG. Just the cover art I'm given scares me. Yeah, and it it has this very uh, the art is just black and white. (laughs) Black and white. (laughs) It looks like something the goth kid in high school would like write in his notebook. <laughs> this, looks, this is rough looking, Dan. We're looking at it. It's rough. Area movement, hand, hand management, modular board, family dungeon caller. It's a fa- dungeon caller. So if you're going to recommend a family game, what would it be? <laughs> oh, um, Kingdom Death Monster for the kids. The, for the kids, I would recommend Cave e- Evil sequel, <laughs> Cave Evil War Cults. <laughs> It's cave more evil expandable. ponies. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, for families, I don't know how. My how first old are your cave children? evil. 
Oh, Dan, you are a unique person. Are, Very are interesting. Your children cool with <laughs> mountains of corpses? Definitely. Or would that unsettle them? Death cult. Death cult. How does your children feel? So, about little Johnny, how do you feel about death cults? Because <laughs> <laughs> if he's into it. Uh, what music would you play on your Spotify as you play this game if you were to play it? In you. you know, <laughs> Emperors of Eternal Evil has released a soundtrack for this game. Wow. Oh, very nice. And you can get it from their site. And I. I have no idea what it is, but I, <laughs> but I have some impressions. Emperors of Eternal Evil. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. That is completely wow. awesome. E3. Dan, you have not failed to uh, impress and uh, amuse, amuse and us. Stun. Uh, family games. I My family likes stacking games. Men at Work is a great one. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. We haven't really... Uh, there's... Um, what was that family game that I played the other day that I really enjoyed it? It's not so much a family game, but Tiny Towns. I really enjoyed that. That oh, was yeah, a newer, sure. newer one that was not as... Uh, yeah, that's a very pleasant game. It's very pleasant, and it's one that's kind of have that low-impact feel. Yeah. Dan, we're going to have to have you back on again, because I didn't get to go down any of my questions. Unfortunately, we started enjoying this <laughs> bottle of scotch, and next thing we know, we're talking about Emperors of Evil and... Dead people and well, colonialism. You start taking your clothes off. I'm if sorry. You that first class. It happens. <laughs> it happens. But Dan, uh, like I said, you're our favorite writer in terms of board game media. Who's your second favorite writer? My second favorite writer. Uh, you know, I don't really read any other media that's written. Like I don't watch YouTube videos hardly, except for like watch it played videos for learning how to play board games. And I don't listen to many other podcasts rather than just, you know, sporadically bored when they're talking about us <laughs> or when we're on it. Uh, so, like, I'm, I'm kind of like Dan. I don't listen to anybody but myself. I enjoy myself. and so, I don't even listen to myself, though. Yeah, you just read yourself. Do you find deep joy from when you read one of your articles and you He's just like, that know? That was a banger when I this wrote. This is a banger. Is that a word? <laughs> that was awesome. I'm afraid to answer this question. Oh yes, <laughs> you can be. You can. You can be self congratulating. That, that sounds does. a little too snobby. Um, so sometimes when I am writing an article and I want to reference a game, I will go back and uh, read the review that I'm linking. Just to see how it yeah. would sound to the yeah, layman. To, yeah, to see how I felt and kind of refresh myself on what the game was about. And um, it, it sometimes I think I was an idiot, but sometimes I, it is nice to go back and read something you wrote and go, wow, I really, I nailed it. Nailed it. I feel nailed good it, about bro. That. What's your What's your best review in your mind? Is there a review that you just pop up on your on your website? Do you think this is the one? This isn't the one I'm most proud of. It's always the most recent one. No. <laughs> Indeed. If only because I'm I'm relieved it's over. Well, so okay, so you don't like Gladiator. What is your favorite historical movie then? Um, oh, there there are quite a few. Um, so last year, uh, I really liked Death of Stalin. Mm. I've been wanting to watch that, but I th that's like a comedy type, isn't it? It is a comedy. Okay. But it's about history. Yeah. It's not totally accurate. Interesting. But history is funny. is funny. History. Um, Let's see. Accurate movies. Growing up, uh, one I would watch with my father quite often was We Were Soldiers. Mm. Which I think well, is. Mel Gibson? 
fairly yeah mel gibson yeah that was um, kind of, i remember there was a particular scene in that where they like i guess it was the end where there was like a bomb dropped or they got burned or something was pretty, yeah they dropped napalm on themselves yeah, it was pretty dark it was dark <laughs> shake it off shake it off shake it off Okay, I remember that one. I remember that. I watched that in the theater, and I was uh, scarred by that one. Go ahead. Oh man, I'm trying to. What do you? How do you feel about Ben Hur? Oh, I like Ben Hur. Wait, which one? <laughs> the, the old one. <laughs> Come on, Charlton Heston. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked Ben Hur. Okay. It's it's hard to watch now. I liked it when I was a kid. Um, I tried to watch it with my wife, and we made it. I think. <laughs> like two hours and the yeah. opening conversation wasn't the even old, finished. The old movies are kind of tough to watch with their overacting. The acting was different back then. That's how we should put it. Yeah. Because I was going to say it's that my attention span is very different than it used to be. Yeah. It's more immediately gratified by everything. So we zoned out too easily. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm still sticking with gladiator and Robin hood, Prince of thieves. <laughs> <laughs> nice. My favorite <laughs> historical movies uh well dan we appreciate you coming on we appreciate you you greatly and i think the reason one one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on is one you elevate our podcast by having someone else who's also a fellow snob of the board gaming community on but also we think your content is something that our readers will our our listeners will turn into your readers and enjoy your content as well and plus so uh, spacebiff.com yeah plus you don't have a podcast right now so you can't really compete with us so you know, yeah i'm not your competitor you're not our competitor that's no. the easiest thing we have often joked we just uh, copy and paste your work onto our site <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately i don't think anybody we base we we just read your reviews and put them in our own words no. and unfortunately your words are so big we just can't <laughs> oh, quite uh, can't express them we'd like it if you tone it down to at least a fourth grade level <laughs> okay i'll do that we'd, it would be uh it'd be rough just uh, just imagine somebody who was homeschooled who's about two drinks of scotch in is trying to explain <laughs> your reviews to listeners. And that's basically what takes place on our podcast. So, uh, perfect. So if you were to, you were at spacebiff.com, your Twitter is spacebiff, right? That is correct. Oh, no, it isn't. It's Dan Thoreau. I was Dan, Dan Thoreau. Thoreau. <laughs> but you have, you have spacebiff somewhere on there. I thought now he's got the little guy. His little avatar is the dude. Oh, okay. What's the dude? Yeah. That's so, the uh, spacebiff.com or on Twitter at Dan Throw, and then you will keep people updated on your writings. Right. True. Very nice. The writings Thank you, of Dan. Snobs, fellow right. snobs, for having me on. You're welcome. <laughs> we, we will have you back one of these days when you're uh, not busy oh, yeah. with your children to find out your, uh, your take on interesting. What, your take on Sonic the Hedgehog that has recently come out. Yeah, is that historical? The historical value historical of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming on our show very much. And uh, until next time, I guess we'll uh, hit you up and see if you'll dare to revisit us again. Sounds great. Thank you so much. All, All right, right, Dan. Take care. Thank you, Dan. You as well. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. 